0: How more efficient can we be with predictable numbers?
1: Hello, and welcome to Digging Deeper Podcast, hosted by FourConstructionPros.com, covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies and associations making it all happen. I'm Jonathan, editor of Concrete Contractor, and for a special episode for World of Concrete, we're here with Earthwave Technologies Vice President Evan Triggs and Matt Jordan, customer success manager, discussing technology and how it has helped shape construction over the years, specifically with telematics and e-ticketing. If Earthwave Technologies doesn't ring a bell for you, you might be more familiar with their flagship solution, Fleet Watcher. So Evan and Matt, uh, where can we find your booth and information online?
0: Well, thank you again, Jonathan, for the intro. We are happy to be here at World of Concrete. If you enter through the north entrance, our booth is going to be 2163. Please stop, say hi. We've got a lot of customers that are planning to be here. So once again, Fleet Watcher, it'd be good to see you. But you can find us online if you look up earthwavetechnologies.com. That's earthwavetech.com. Or you can Google EarthWave Technologies. And if you want to look up Fleet Watcher, Right. That's Fleet Watcher, one word. You can Google that as well. Find us either name, and we'll get you to the right place. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you.
1: I know we're going to talk a little bit about telematics and e-ticketing, but that's not where okay. Earthwave technologies got their start. So I'd like to go back a bit, just over, holy moly, it's 20 years ago. What I understand, Earthwave began working with paving contractors back in 2014 but started off with a wireless hour meter in 2000 and actually co-founded with a contractor back then. Can you tell me about that transition?
0: Yeah, that's a great story. Every time we tell the story, we really connect the dots for how a company in technology could be around for 20 years, because that's unheard of most of the time with this type of technology. But our founder had in- innovated a wireless hour meter for a CatFort lift dealer. And essentially, with this product, the contractor uh, essentially asked, could he do hours for a cat scraper? And our owner, who was not necessarily in the construction industry at the time, first comment was, What's a scraper? (laughs) Right. And so, after the, the dialogue, we were able to get hours off of a scraper. That project then turned into being able to count loads for this scraper. And I won't tell the whole story, but what happened is, is that through the efficiency of the hours, through the efficiency of managing and monitoring the productivity of the scrapers, what happened is this company began to understand, like, this is an absolute need for the construction industry. At the end of the day, this company was behind on the job because they thought that they were getting the work done. But With the visibility, then came the accountability. They actually finished the job ahead of schedule. And this company turned their whole business around just by being able to monitor and measure the productivity and not just the hours and the loads, but being able to do that via a system. That's what changed the game. And and this gentleman was candid. He said, whatever you're doing in regards to these forklifts, stop it, end it, do this full time. (laughs) It's like, do this (laughs) full time. And, And how it started is this gentleman referred us to even his fiercest competitors in the market and it just kind of grew from there, so.
1: That's cool. I like that story, that's a good story. So since 2014, and definitely since 2000, the world of technology has changed so much. For example, wireless tech has integrated into so much more into our professional and private lives. Uh, Mapping software like Google Maps has become all but a standard tool. How have you seen construction technology change?
2: So I've seen it change uh, pretty drastically in the last 6 years that that I've been with Earthwave, you know, going back to 2014, there was a need in the state of Iowa for a new ticketing platform where they needed to find a way to look at their load and their tonnage through a wireless service rather than uh, relying on paper in the field. So um, using that as an example, uh, the technology in the construction industry, as we all understand, is, has been a slower adopter of technology over the last few decades. But we've really seen a blow up in the last five to six years. You know, all construction companies across the countries. You, you walk into their shops, their number one priority is safety. Uh, and how can we make our job sites more safe? How can we make the shops more safe? And what we've seen is a utilization of technology across the country to help make job sites more safe by uh, letting people not be in the field as much, rely on technology to help assist with that. So for the companies that have been quicker to adopt technology, I think that's really pushed some of the other companies in the uh, country to adopt this and to use it not only from a safety perspective, but also from an efficiency perspective. You know, Companies' bottom lines have been affected pretty drastically with the 2008-2009 recession. So they needed to find a way how can we stay efficient make sure that we're making money. And technology has been really a forefront in that effort to make companies improve their bottom line, become more safe, uh, and save money so that they can keep their operations growing and expand as more decades come to take over the companies.
1: Of everything that's kind of happened and new ideas changing and everything like that, which innovation do you think has had the biggest impact in construction technology in the last, say, 10 years?
0: Well, in 10 years, I would say GPS, right? Our system predated GPS, okay? One of the key things I believe that we offer, and this is new to a lot of organizations, is systems talking to each other. So if you just had GPS, it was in the silo. If you just had telematics, it was in the silo. If you had ticket data, it was all siloed out. So you may have to log into how many different systems to get information. So with all the innovation of telematics on pieces of equipment, With all the data that's coming and location data through GPS and satellites, incorporating all that into one solution, into one system, and then being able to talk to other technologies that have grown. Technologies like the accounting systems now that have hard tablets in the field where you can input information on the job site without a pen and paper. How do you incorporate that into it? And then on the flip side of it, it's cameras and things like that. Those weren't around years ago And now we're incorporating all that into a stream that can talk to each other. So there are a lot of advancements, trust me, in the last 10 years, but a most key piece is not just the advancement, it's the advancement of them talking to each other so that contractors can use them all and not go crazy logging into 20 different systems.
1: Yeah. Isn't it crazy to actually see these technologies and ideas come out as siloed as they were back in the day, but then... They, they started integrating themselves together, and then we just get more powerful and more powerful every single year. What do you think drove all of this innovation?
2: Going back to what I was speaking about with safety and efficiency, I believe that companies had to find a way to move past recessions in, in 2008, 2009, and utilize technology to help streamline some of those things You go back 20 years ago, we didn't even have cell phones or they were very early on. The construction industry started to utilize the walkie-talkie cell phones. And I think a lot of the companies didn't think that technology was going to help drive their operations forward. But I think fast forward to now, everybody has a cell phone in their pocket and is utilizing it. And I think that Companies have realized that we don't have an option to turn away from technology. We have to utilize it, but we don't want to log into 20 different systems to do one task. We'd like to streamline these, get them talking together and help our operations, our business. I think all of those things combined has really just drove the need for this industry to adopt a technology, multiple technologies, not just GPS. You can talk about the safety aspect as well, but it's just really pushed it forward and excelled it in the last five to 10 years, which has been really exciting to see. And I think we're going to see that continue to increase as we move forward more decades to come. It's
1: almost like a chicken and an egg type of thing, uh, which comes first, but which do you kind of feel has more truth behind it? Does technology shape the construction industry or does the construction industry shape technology?
0: I think it's a mixture of both. I will say that what has been the true benefit for our organization is allowing contractors to shape the technology. For instance, our owner has had mentors who have really given him some great advice on how the technology can better serve the contractors. And then once we develop those practices, as we bring contractors on as partners, it's not a technology partnership. It's a business partnership, and they're asking us and requiring us to help them to run their business better. And it's not to use technology better, right? But technology does shape it because technology has limits, right? So there's only certain things that we can do because all the technology that's available is not at its maturity. So business companies are at their maturity. They've been around 100 years. They can tell you how to pave something. They can tell you how to lay concrete with their eyes closed. Can the technology do it? And that's where the partnerships come into play. So we spoke a
1: lot on technology, um, but I think a lot of people will be familiar with Fleet Watcher Solution, um, providing telematics and e-ticketing. Can you paint me a picture of what life was like without telematics? You said GPS was a big uh, innovation, a big push but what was it like without the gps and all this telematics for construction contractors Uh, what were the big issues back then on the job site
2: i think a lot of it was just not knowing what was going on in the field relying on your guys out in the field to report back to you on what did we do today how efficient were we are things as safe in the field as what we're being told and people in the office that are trying to manage these jobs and, and projects not having the visibility to to truly understand what's going on out in the workforce, out in the field where the guys are laying down concrete or laying down asphalt. Went back to a point Evan made earlier about these contractors can do this business with their eyes closed when they've been doing it for hundreds of years, as he stated, but how can we do things better going forward? How can we see what's going on in the field without actually being on the field? How can we make sure that the drivers that we're hiring or or our drivers are are being as safe as what we hope they are being? How can we keep our crews more safe in the field without having people out in the field watching them? Uh, And I think that's been a big advancement in technology is just not knowing in the field and needing to know without having more people in the field, spending more payroll to hire people to be out in the field monitoring these. Let's use technology to help manage these job sites and manage our job bids, manage our projects. And I think that's really one thing that's helped drive the technology as well.
1: Could you tell me a a kind of story about how the software has helped contractors cut down on these problems?
2: Sure. There's so many that come to mind. It's it's hard to pick one, but we've had stories where we, first day working with a new contractor, first time they've ever had visibility into what their operations looking like out in the field. Their drivers are telling them, hey, you know, we're picking up fast fault. We're taking it straight to the plant or straight to the job site. And we put GPS on these trucks and quickly saw that most of them were following that process, but you had some that were stopping at gas stations or or veering off different routes, uh, unintentionally just thinking that they were taking the best route. This quickly shed light into, hey, let's get these guys going the same direction. Let's help make sure they're all following the same routes. And what we quickly saw was an increase in their productivity that day. They were able to do more with less in some situations. And that story is one that could be reproduced all over the country with a lot of other contractors that we work for. So it just goes back to that having visibility that they didn't have before and I don't like to pick on the driver's side of things. It also helps from a total operation standpoint, looking at, is our equipment doing what it needs to be doing? Are we utilizing equipment on job sites or do we need to move some of the equipment that could be utilized elsewhere? And that story as well has had a tremendous impact in the industry and for a lot of our customer base.
1: It's such a great moment when like a customer finally gets a new technology and gets a new tool in their hands and suddenly goes, I can do that now. And then suddenly, like a year later, it's just so integrated into their systems and their workforce that they just, it's just a tool. It's normal and they can't think about how they couldn't do it before. It's such a cool moment. Exactly. But it does sound like a lot of data. Um, Am I going to need like a new degree to understand the landslide of this data and numbers and all of my equipment and all my trucks and all my deliveries?
0: Yeah, I want to speak a little bit to this, but there is a typically an education that we usually have with especially folks who are adopting new technology. And the education really starts with the people, the process, and then the technology last, right? So technology, if you start with the technology first, that's where that disconnect is. And when we focus on the people, as Matt mentioned, you have to have certain people in place to be able to do the things, and achieve the actual things that you're looking to do with the technology. The technology does not run itself. And processes is kind of where I feel like you can be lost because the data is only as good to serve the purpose of the process or the application that we're looking to solve or the problem. And so you don't want just data for data's sake. You want to know why certain things that have happened. You want to ask the system questions. How much time did we spend at the quarry, how much time did our equipment idle? Then you want to use the data to say things like this, how much did we improve on it? Or how much did we save by sending them on their way? So the data is only going to be as good as the questions that the processes ask, And then the technology needs to be accurate. I think one of the things that all contractors want is the technology to work and to give them accurate data. None of that happens if the data's bad or if I made a decision on something and it was the wrong decision and the system told me I could do it, right? So it goes back to people. So anyways, you get the nail on the head. Data for data's sake, does nobody any good. So we have to ask those tough questions. We have to have an objective to what we're trying to do and how we want to improve and allow the technology to help us in that regard.
1: Yeah, I could imagine um, somebody sitting there going, thinking, Why am I getting stopped by this one train all the time in my city? I'm just trying to get to the job site. It would be cool if that data could just tell me, it's like, if you just go this route, you could go under it. Something you would never think about before.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: Is there any point when it's, quote unquote, too late to implement telematics software into your fleet? uh implementing a solution like this sounds like it would be a pretty big undertaking you know companies get busy uh when would it be the best time to get this going into your company
2: well, there's certainly seasonality aspects that play into that. You go down to the southern states where they're working all year round. You come up to the northern states where they have some time off in the winter where things slow down and they have more time to focus on internal operation standards. But to answer your question, there really isn't a better time than now with any company. It's mid-season. We work it in. We help them utilize this and implement it into their operations. With use of playbooks that we've helped develop alongside customers, So we certainly work at the pace and the needs of what the customer needs. So uh, they may want to get this thing going tomorrow. And we're certainly all hands on deck and can help them do that and work through the very busiest times of their seasons. Or we may have a contractor come on and say, hey, you know, I'd like to wait until we're a little bit slower. And we can certainly do that as well. It just depends on where they're coming from, what they have going on, and, and going back to the people and processes that Evan had talked about. That plays a big role in it. Do they have a person that we can work with now that can help implement this technology? And so, yeah.
1: You got some people back in the office, because here we are we're in look Concrete, you got some people back in the office listening to the phones and helping uh, the new customers get integrated.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We have a full team back at the office that's always on standby, ready to either implement a new customer, uh, retrain some customers that just need a refresher on how the system works, or there's also turnover that happens. So we have to constantly be training new members of the customer's operations to get the system going. So no matter where you're at or, or what's going on in the industry, we're always available and ready to help. So you'll never go unanswered or not be helped when you need it. Is
1: this something just for big fleets? How can smaller contractors find a benefit?
0: Smaller contractors, typically the name on the side of the piece of equipment is the guy that's honestly the bank account that's running the organization. And I think there's a huge benefit to a smaller contractor managing their business and their money at this level. We do have a lot of big corporate companies that are publicly traded, that are nationally recognized, that are huge. And sometimes that money goes back to the bottom line. Nobody really sees it, so to speak, except for the shareholders. So I like working with mid-sized small contractors because the name on the side of the vehicle, those are the folks that we're typically working with, right? And those are the hugs and handshakes that we give. And we know for a fact the work that we're doing is really affecting their family. It's affecting their future. And nothing wrong with big companies. We work with the biggest contractors in America. And it's the same feeling but there's a difference in that personal touch to a small growing aspiring company that I appreciate, but we do work with all sizes.
1: What are the three big questions people should ask when they're digging deeper into telematic software options?
0: I'll do two, Matt, you can do one. I think that the biggest question that companies could probably ask is, how can we get better in our current situation and how what you guys do affect what we currently do? Because this is disruptive, right? And we want to make sure that they understand clearly that the disruption will be minimized if we have a clear objective. And that's a high-level question. The second piece that I think that most companies could ask is, who in our organization can use this as part of what we do? Because there's a misconception with telematics that is typically given to one person, or it's typically given to an equipment manager or a fleet manager, And when you deal with a construction system like ours, there are other people who could benefit from it. And it's not just pigeonholed down to one person. So those are really good ideas there on the front end.
2: And I think what I hear a lot, too, is just what is this going to take to implement this across our organization, whether it's a big organization or a small organization? Am I going to need to hire somebody to run this system? You know, Are we going to have to pull all our trucks into the to the yard to install devices on them? So what's it really going to take and what's a realistic timeline for us to have this up and running so that we can start making money on it? And that's a big question that's asked is we're purchasing a technology to help save our company money. And how long is it going to take for us to do that? So. Uh, Part of what Evan talked about and and some of the things we've shared today, that's what it's really all about is helping these contractors save money and grow their futures.
1: Yeah. And it's important to have people to ask those questions. Like I I can call up somebody and you guys will be there to answer them. And that's, that's I think that's so important because if I have a question on Google, let's say, I'll have to wait for like three months for an email to come through and they'll probably ignore me anyway.
2: And that's one of the things I love about how we've grown is our contractors have our cell phone numbers. I'll receive text messages from my customers on Christmas wishing me a Merry Christmas. And, hey, you have a minute to look at this with me. And we drop what we need to do to help them out and get them going. So it's a very intimate relationship that we share with our contractors. And we all really enjoy that. And that's what keeps us moving forward. So
0: can I add something in regards to relationships? Construction is so much a relationship business. And how construction companies do business, they expect vendors to be the same way with them, right? And I think that's what we've learned with all of our years of working with contractors. It's relationships. It's a handshake. It's looking people in the eyes. It's picking up the phone uh, because that's how they work. You know, these big projects that they're working on, even these small projects that they're working on, it's about customer service and the construction world, in my opinion. And it's about doing right for the people that you're helping and them helping you in regards to doing business together. Hopefully we do that at the same level of the expectation of the contractor. And that's what's brought us success.
1: Yeah. We're speaking a lot on customer service and actual people and relationships. And I'd like to bring it back back to our technology core of our conversation here. But um not to bring up COVID and the pandemic here, it's I know everybody's favorite subject. <laughs> but it's having construction workers be classified as essential allow technologies to drive forward, I think. For one, e-ticketing. How have you seen contractors take advantage of e-ticketing during the pandemic?
2: Yeah, I think contractors have been one of the silent heroes of COVID. They've never stopped working. They've been out in the field continuing to make sure roads are open and roads are plowed and things are moving forward. So It goes back to the safety aspect that we talked about earlier on is you know, with the unknowns when COVID started in 2020, how do we keep people safe and how can we utilize technology to help make them safe, keep them safe, improve on the safety? And I think one thing that you just brought up was the e-ticketing aspect is paper. Paper gets transferred a lot in these construction companies and you'll have stacks of paper at the end of the day of scale tickets and driver's time cards and That goes from a driver out in the field, touching that paper all day to somebody back in the office to make sure it is correct. And then that then transfers to to somebody else. So I think we saw uh, e-ticketing really expand through this by not having to transfer that paper. And it's not just from a safety aspect either. I think one thing that contractors saw when they started using e-ticketing was this is also a more efficient way too. It's not just about the safety. It's why do we need all this paper in the field when our driver can just log into the app and see hey, this is the last ticket I have. I don't need to have all this paper now. And and what do we do with all this paper at the end of the day? It mostly just sits there in filing cabinets for months until they write it off. So,
1: yeah, I remember us talking about how telematics can affect efficiency and kind of speed things up and kind of point out areas where things can be more efficient. Is there any efficiency further than saving paper with
0: e-ticketing? With e-ticketing, We actually can pull a round trip on the actual cycle. So most of the contract paving world is very cyclical in nature. As we collect the tickets, we can look at load times and then we can look at dump times. So now we can see if you expected a round trip to be 60 minutes and they picked up the ticket at 8.15 and they didn't deliver it till 9.30, there's a huge gap there that we can uncover. So the efficiency is not just on the technology side in regards to digitizing our tickets, But it's also now being able to be accountable with those loads. Specifically in the asphalt world, they have projected these numbers to be a certain way to stay on pace with the actual work to get paid. And in the concrete world, it's very similar with the exception of with concrete. The onus is on the actual customer. So we're making sure that that concrete can be laid on time. But at the end of the day, there's accountability on either side, right? The accountability for the round trip, for the cycle, for the material being laid on time and keeping the contractor on pace with what they projected. And there's somebody looking at that number, right? Somebody's project that they're accountable to. And so it helps in that regard as well.
1: Sure. There's probably a lot of different e-ticketing solutions out there. What makes Fleet Watcher unique?
0: Sure. I
2: would say the first thing is that we cater towards the contractor where a lot of platforms will try to work with the DOT first and then work through the contractors through that perspective. So we've always been contractor focused and we help the contractor solve problems. And e-ticketing was just a solution that happened to come through the need of a DOT in Iowa. And it's really just expanded elsewhere. Another big thing that I would say is the enterprise solution. So I don't have to log into this system over here to look at my tickets and then look at this system over here to see where my trucks are at. When you log in Fleet Watcher, your tickets are there, your trucks are there, all your jobs are there. So they can really just go to one place to see it all rather than multiple areas.
1: Do you think e-ticketing will be here to stay?
2: Absolutely. I don't think e-ticketing is going anywhere. There's pushes and words all and and talk all around the country of standardizing it, uh, which I think we're a little ways from that. But more states have really pushed the e-ticketing forward from an efficiency standpoint just to minimize paper and waste. So yeah, I think that e-ticketing will be a standard in, in all of our states in the next five to 10 years.
1: Sure. I understand that you guys are talking to customers like constantly every single day. Has anybody ever come back to you guys with an idea on improving Fleet Watcher in the future? Are there any wishful thinking ideas?
2: I probably have 10 to 15 emails in my inbox right now of, of ideas from contractors. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I think that's one thing that our customers really do appreciate is our system was mostly built on customer feedback and ideas. We're constantly trying to innovate and help, and we take a customers' feedback and ideas and do those ideas. Are we going to be able to expand those across the country and help other contractors and the answer is yes, and generally we try to work those into the system. So it's very much built on customer ideas, and that's what we continue and would like to maintain going forward. So, I just have one
1: last final question for both of you. What do you think construction technology and the job site will look like, like 10 years from now?
2: Ooh, 10 years from now. And we might all have Apple glasses on watching the telematics through our glasses. But no, I think that a majority of contractors across the country are going to start utilizing technology within the next 10 years. I think that you'll walk into pretty much any heavy civil contractor and they'll have some form of a telematics on their equipment, whether it's an OEM factory telematics or it's a fleet watcher type of solution. So it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. And I think it's just going to continue to build and help companies become more efficient
1: you did mention that like a lot of DOTs are kind of driving the e-ticketing thing forward and requiring anybody who works with them to get an e-ticketing thing so they can work on their projects so should that gain ground further it's probably going to cross the country i don't know how many DOTs right now are requiring
0: that there's a lot the key word they're testing it and piloting it now they haven't yet that requirement hasn't yet hit mainstream. So that's the key word. But there's a lot of DOTs that are tinkering with this and and using it as a platform to kind of get contractors familiar with the technology, so to speak. But I'll answer your question in regards to 10 years. 10 years, that's 2032. That's hard to see. My kids are technology enthusiasts and they are all been involved in robotics. And the key word of technology in construction is automation that I think is going to really keep workers safe the automation is going to pull all the data in through one source. I think the link is going to be data. Everything that's coming, that's happening on job sites is going to be kind of one stream. And I think that's going to be exciting because now, you know, with everything that we can process, let me say this, how more efficient can we be with predictable numbers? How much can we save in regards to money with accurate information? How many lives can we save from just being out of harm's way if, they're going out and doing something in the field. So I think automation and data are probably the two things that are going to, in 10 years, for sure, will be fully mature. But I'm super excited about it. And, and you know, hopefully my kids kind of get up and do something in the construction world in regards to technology, because the opportunity is absolutely there. That's awesome.
1: I like the idea of automation. It hadn't occurred to me that there's going to be more of that in so many different aspects of the construction industry. But um. I don't want to take up too much of your time to let you get back to the show. So thank you both for speaking with me today. That just about does it for this episode. I'll let you guys go. You can find EarthWave Technologies and Fleet Watcher in Booth North 2163 here at World of Concrete 2022, as well as www.earthwavetech.com. Those spaces, all one word. Tune in next time for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by ForConstructionPros.com. Make sure to subscribe and share. Until next time, stay safe out there.